Hey, hey, what do you say, Kraken fans? In just a little while, we're going to get into our latest episode of Goodreads Monday featuring Haley Salvian. But I first want to make sure you know all about the top 50 NHL players that the Locked On NHL Podcast Network has put together. You can listen and watch for the top 50 players. We've already had... Philip Grubauer from the Seattle Kraken selected. He was the first goal to subscribe to Locked on NHL right here on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's Locked on NHL for our top 50 NHL players heading in to the 2021-22 season. Let's go Kraken. <laughs> Daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. And this is our Monday episode of Goodreads for this week. And we are joined from The Athletic, the beat writer for the Calgary Flames, Haley Salvian. Haley, how are you? I'm good. It's nice to actually see your face. I feel like I haven't seen you since we were uh, since I was in New York and we like bumped into each other on the train. I think that's when we first saw each other. Like we didn't see each other at the stadium. It was like on the train to White Plains, New York. It's like Erica. <laughs> <laughs> that's Hello. so wild. So that's it's nice right. to actually see you. I know yeah, that is so random. <laughs> that would have been the last time, right? Because Kia Nurse mm -hmm. was playing for the New York Liberty at the time. But first, Haley, every time we have a guest here on Locked on Kraken, I like to start with this question it comes from the movie Brown Sugar and it's basically when did okay. you fall in love? with hockey? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. Um, for me, I grew up in a small town in Southern Ontario. Um, there's not a whole lot to do in Fergus, Ontario. And I never actually got to play hockey growing up because there was no girls team. Um, it was always my favorite sport and it was always on TV at home, like hockey night in Canada. Um, every Saturday that was, that was the thing we watched all of the games, uh, and, you know, in Fergus, we were so close to Guelph and Kitchener. London's a little bit farther away. So I really spent a lot of time going to Ontario Hockey League games, um, the Guelph Storm. And at the time, there was there were so many good players in the Canadian Hockey League and the OHL specifically when I was growing up. Uh, Drew Doughty played for the Storm. You know, you had John Tavares with, with Oshawa, and then he ended up going to London. And you could just really go down the list. Like, there was a lot of future NHL stars playing in the Ontario Hockey League and kind of in my region growing up. So I very much like grew up going to these games and seeing these players in junior. Um, and that was really where it came from is just going to the rink with my dad and, and watching these games. And um, I, at first I wanted to be a teacher because I just loved sports. I loved hockey. I played basketball and soccer at a pretty high level. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll be a gym teacher. Like I just want to be involved in sports in this next phase of my life. And I used to coach basketball camps uh, with my old coach. And I think it was like the second or third camp that I was coaching where I was like, I don't have the patience to do this for the rest <laughs> of my life. Like I know kids are great. I love coaching. Like it's really satisfying, but no, I, I, I know myself, I can't do this. And 
I think I watched, um, it was, you know, seeing Christine Simpson on Hockey Night in Canada and seeing, um, like Jennifer Hedger and Kate Bearness here in Canada on, on TSN and, um, football was a huge part of, of my growing up too. So seeing like Aaron Andrews on the NFL countdown, like I very much started to see women in those positions and I was like, maybe I'll do that. Like, that's a way, like I talk a lot as you'll see on this podcast. Um, I love sports. So like, it just always kind of felt like this very natural, you know, desire for me after I got over the whole teaching thing, um, (laughs) which was quite early. Um, so yeah. And I think hockey was just always, um, like part of that for me, like it was just always something I wanted to, to work in. It was always something that I loved. And I just really think it all kind of goes back to, to growing up and being at these games and and watching it all the time, like with my dad and and everything. So that's kind of my long winded way. I think I've just always loved it. Like, I don't know if there was like a single moment that I can trace back to, but it's just always been there. But you have moved to Calgary Mm -hmm. to cover the flames. So like, how did that come about? What has that transition been like, especially because I don't know, there's this whole thing called coronavirus that popped up. (laughs) Just that little pandemic. Little pandemic. Um, Yeah. A little bit. Um, I'm really bad at kind of telling this because I feel like there was just so much that happened in a pretty short period of time after I graduated from university. So I always try to spark notes it for people. But, you know, I went to Ryerson University, which is actually changing its name because the namesake of the university um, is named after um, something Edgerton. I don't even recall his first name, forgive me, but they're actually changing the name um, because it's named after a man who was like involved in um, residential schools and and stuff like that. So um, I I won't, I'll try not to continue calling it, um, that, but I, I went to university in Toronto and, um, I did the four year bachelor of journalism program. And when I was there, there was a sport media program as well. And I decided to take journalism because I just thought, you know, if I took just sports broadcast, I'm going to be this like one trick pony. I'm only going to know how to do one thing. And just looking at the way that the industry was going and and everything, I just thought, you know, the the more well-rounded you can be, I think the better. So so. I started as a general assignment reporter doing um, like women's sports. So women's hockey, that's how we first met. I'm doing the WNBA. That's how we saw each other uh, in in New York and in Brooklyn uh, because I was doing a a story with Kia. And, um, And then I was covering the Toronto Marlies as well. And so that was this really awesome year for me. Um, and then right after that, they were like, do you want an NHL job? Like we're looking for someone to go to Ottawa. So I went to the Sens beat, did that for a year. Um, and there was like, uh, just so much happened in Ottawa. And, and I think at the end of the year, there was an opening in Calgary and our editor said like, you did a, a really great job in Ottawa and Calgary is a market that we really want to try to build up in the way that you did in Ottawa. Like, can you try to just redo this over here? And I thought it was a cool opportunity. I've never been in this part of the country. Um, I've obviously never covered the Western Conference either. And so I just felt kind of going back to when I was um, at CBC and in, and in college, just thinking like the more well-rounded I can be, the better. So it's like, okay, let's go and try to tackle. I've done the Eastern Conference with, you know, the Marlies and Leafs and the Sen. So let's try to tackle the West. And, and obviously it turned into the North Division. There's the whole pandemic and moving across the country in a pandemic 
<laughs> to cover a hockey season with zero access, like it was, it was so hard this year was, was really, really difficult. I didn't feel like I could tell the kind of stories that I wanted to, but also being brand new in this market, you want to make an impression to the people that you're introducing yourself to. You want to do good journalism, but man, it was a really, really hard year. And, and I'm really looking forward to things, hopefully going back to normal because it was tough. <laughs> wow. That is, first of all, I did not realize that your like breakthrough with the athletic was a Natalie Chanwa story. I love that. We're going to have to mm -hmm. get you yeah. unlocked on women's basketball to, to tell that story, but um, yeah. <laughs> love a strong crossover. I love a strong crossover, but oh, yeah. I, I want to get to, yeah, like let's get into, so then how did you overcome some of that with, with Calgary? I mean, we all know as media that it can be really difficult on one hand, on the one hand, especially to do the kind of stories that the athletic likes to do, where you're kind of really painting mm -hmm. a picture and you're getting into something that, you know, yeah. everyone m m has access to, but you, you tell it in a different way. Those stories are difficult yeah. when everyone is on a zoom call together and, and you're asking, you know, a bunch of questions in front of other reporters. So how did you go about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard. And, and for me, I think people who maybe like got to know my writing in Ottawa, they know like, I'm way more interested in telling the personal story. I, you know, I want to tell the story of Nick Paul overcoming the mental blocks that he had for years and his anxiety problems to, to finally break through and make the NHL. Um, I want to tell the story of of Mark Borowiecki and his wife, Tara, finally having their first child, but they're afraid of him getting traded. I'm more interested in telling the personal side of things. And that's really hard to do, not just on, not just because it's on Zoom, but because you don't know these people yet. Like, that's always the way that I approach this job. Like, yes, these are athletes. Yes, um, you know, it's a hockey player, but like, that's a person. And, and so for me, I've always approached the job with, you know, hi, my name's Haley. Like, nice to meet you. How's your wife? How's your dog? Like, you can talk to them like they're human beings. Um, and I think some of the, the best stories come out of building those relationships in a locker room um, because you get to know the person and, and then they feel more comfortable with you. For when something does happen, they can talk to you and feel comfortable with it and not feel you know, like, who is this person that I'm telling, like, all these intricate details of my personal life? Um, like, the right. Mark and Tara Borowiecki story is one of the favorite things that I think I've ever written um, because of how personal that was. You know, they had tried um, to get to have a baby for, like, eight years, and then they finally did IVF, and Tara finally gets pregnant, and it's this, like, really beautiful thing for their family. And then Mark's an unrestricted free agent, and he's on the trade block, and there's all these rumors and those trade lists, and it's like, that's a family like he's been waiting for almost 10 years to have a baby and he might miss it. <laughs> like wow. I get the trade list. I, I get the UFA boards. I get it. It's a business, but like there are personal sides to these kind of things. And, and those are the kind of stories I love to tell. Mm. So we'll see what next season brings. <laughs> oh, well, I really appreciate you offering that. I definitely did notice that your work took more of a data and, and numbers and kind of analysis, mm -hmm. uh, slant while with Calgary and last week on uh, Monday's episode of Goodreads uh, we had Allison Lucan on and she is someone mm. who is very much about the data-driven storytelling so it's interesting to from last week to mm -hmm. this week 
hear different approaches to the same sport. But Haley, I want to get more into some of uh, what you did for Calgary, including the first time that you got to, at least to your knowledge, be visible to Mark Giordano. So we're going to talk about that uh, coming up next on Locked on Kraken. Hey, folks, it is that time of year again. All eyes are getting ready to focus on American football. Teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one pro and college football action spot for the season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, and much more over at Bet Online. Head to the website, or you can use your laptop, your mobile device, your tablet, whatever you got. Sign up today, and you can receive not a 50%, but a 100% bonus on your first deposit and be sure to take advantage of the opening day promo you make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener between super bowl champions the buccaneers and the dallas cowboys if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars for new customers only of course when signing up using promo code nfl 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. We're talking boxing, football, basketball, and of course, hockey. So head to Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Hey again, folks, does this sound kind of familiar? You've got one device to catch a game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your smartphone, and everything is under your neighbor's best friend's dog's name or however you're logging on. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without any of the hassle. And that, of course, is through Direct TV Stream. It is something that brings all of your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, your favorite movies, and your favorite shows all in one place. That means when we're juggling remotes, you don't have to worry about all of the different logins and sign-ins, and if somebody, if there's too many people on the same account, none of that. So get rid of the clutter and get rid of the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. And of course, content varies depending on your streaming package. Again, we are here with Haley Salvian of The Athletic. We talked a little bit about her journey into covering hockey, covering sports in general for The Athletic, and how that led her to Calgary. Uh, Haley, you were telling us in the first segment that you really had to find a new way to tell stories because of uh, COVID and coronavirus and the lack of access. But I want to now get into a little bit of maybe how that, how you want to take the lessons that you learned from that and perhaps blend some of that into what you hope will be more access in the 2021-22 season. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the way I've kind of approached it is, you know, this upcoming season is my first real season with the Calgary Flames, but I just have 
you know, X amount of months prior knowledge and more research, essentially. I have more stuff to, to look back on and think, okay, I know what, you know, Noah Hannafin did last season. More, like, you can do research when you move to a new city, um, but it's not the same as being there and, and watching and talking to people and learning. So I'm kind of approaching it as like, this is my first real year in Calgary, but I have last season, um, of, you know, last season's whole worth of information. Yeah. Haley, coming up next on Locked on Kraken, we want to get into what we can expect in the Pacific Division. We'll be new new kids on the block or new kids on the ice, but also would love to just get your thoughts on the former Calgary Flames captain. And we don't know who the captains are going to be yet, but you got to think Mark Giordano has a, a pretty decent chance mm -hmm. at, at being one of the leaders on the Kraken. So we're going to keep you around and, and get into that coming up next. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? Yeah, there's a bunch of them, and we want you to get the inside scoop on everything that is Built Bar. My personal favorite is the double chocolate, the coconut almond flavor that was out for a little bit, very popular with my family. But we've got Cherry Barcia, Salted Caramel, German Chocolate, Cookies and Cream, and the list goes on. Can't decide? Don't have a favorite flavor? No worries. Just try their mix box and you'll get two of each of the nine original flavors. And here's the best part. Built Bar is great to work into your fitness routine. If you're running around like me, podcasting all day, doing interviews, running around, you know, the ragged in the city, you're definitely going to want Built Bar because they carry 130 to 180 calories. So they're a good hearty snack while not being too high in either sugar or carbs. It's only four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of carbs, but 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar, every bar covered in chocolate. And also, not only are they a sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network, but they are also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. How cool is that? So check out our good friends over at Built Bar. Head to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. All right, we are closing out our conversation with Haley Salvian. If you are not already following her on Twitter, make sure you do that at Haley underscore Salvian. And of course, follow her work over at The Athletic. But Haley, want to bring you in because first, uh, you know, I mentioned this earlier on the pod, but you had this really funny uh, exchange with Mark Giordano for <laughs> The Athletic uh, Hockey podcast where you uh, found out from Mark that the whole time when you were on Zoom, the players yeah. can see you. Can you just recount exactly mm -hmm. how you knew yeah. the players could <laughs> see you on Zoom? <laughs> yeah, so we had uh, Mark in the green room, we'll call it. So, you know, before we started recording, we just said, hi, welcome, you know, and I introduced myself. I was like, you know, I was covering the Flames all year, but we never actually got to meet. Nice to meet you. And um, and that was that. And then we start the show. And, um, and you know, Mark is great. Um, he was so grateful um, or gracious with his time. And, and it was a great chat. Um, and Ian Mendez, my co-host, said, 
you know, oh, Haley just had to introduce herself to, to Mark in the green room. That's just this funny little thing about Zoom. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't even think we, they ever like saw me. I was like, I don't know. And, and Mark was like, yeah, um, we could. <laughs> like every time you would ask a question, you'd raise your hand and then you'd like blow up on the big screen in front of us. And I was like, oh no. You just have that moment of like, you go to bed later that night and you start thinking like, oh no, like, did I have weird, like what was happening in the background? Like, this is usually where I'm sitting or I'm at the rink. I asked, um, I was asking Mark a question and my computer froze. And that was the moment I knew that he could see me because he was like, oh, I think she's frozen. And I was like, oh no. You know, when you pause a movie and the person looks really weird and stupid, I was like, oh crap. Oh, damn it. Um, So yeah, that was the fun moment. That's the like glorious thing about Zoom is glorious um, thing about Zoom. You know, you don't know what they can see. You don't know what's going on back there. Well, I mean, it's too bad that uh, Mark didn't get to meet you IRL in real life because I remember the first time I met you in real life. We were at a Markham (laughs) Thunder game. And so I'm from New York, Mm -hmm. as you know, as most people who listen to the show know. And so I just assume even though I, I now know I should not continue to do this, but I just assume like everyone has public transportation, just like New York City. So I like took some mm-hmm. like all these random buses and whatnot to get to the game. And there was this snowstorm coming in. And I was like, well, I hope I get somewhere warm. <laughs> and then you were like, do you want to ride? And I was like, I mean... That sounds great. Well, because you said that you were going to take the bus back downtown. I was like, we're in Markham. Like, no. The, like, the public transit in the city is questionable at best, let alone going from, like, Markham downtown. I was just like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, so saved me then. And then it's funny. We're, like, getting into the truck that you had with you. And then I think you asked me something like, you're not, like, a murder or something and I was like yeah, I was like are you gonna stab no <laughs> uh, and I was like I mean no but I remember thinking to myself like okay but like what if I was like <laughs> she just like believed yeah. me <laughs> like we just met and I was just like yeah, I'll give you a ride like let's hang out in the car alone for 30 minutes with a stranger no it was uh no, <laughs> no it, was it was totally, totally fine. fine it was totally it was, cool it was totally yeah. fine and I was so <laughs> thankful and appreciative because by the time you dropped me off at my Airbnb which I had to stay at for a, like an extra two days because we got snowed in mm-hmm. the snow was like coming yeah. down serious and then I felt bad because I was it like was oh my big. gosh I was like I hope Haley gets home like what if she gets stuck? oh god no 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 I lived really close to where you were staying so oh, we were totally perfect. fine and I think okay. I had winter tires awesome. so we were all good okay good I was <laughs> that's like, a oh Canadian thing that you just need yeah see yeah I, we don't do that in New York City <laughs> what are what what is like the conversation though around Calgary like losing their captain because that just seems like a weird thing <laughs> Yeah, I think that it's one of those things where if you're grading or rating the offseason moves, like this one is good and bad. You know, I think the price to try to protect Mark Giordano was too high. It was a first and a third round pick. And the Flames also had three other younger, um, longer term contracts on their blue line. So, you know, from a business sense and a team building sense it just didn't make sense to you know you don't lose Chris Tanev who just had one of the best 
you know, defensive impact seasons in the last decade. Um, you don't lose Chris Tanev for one more year of, of Geo, despite how much everyone loves Geo. He's the captain. He's had one of the greatest um, bet on yourself stories. You know, he's an incredible athlete. He's a good leader. He's a figure in the community. Um, but, you know, it's a first and a third round pick or you're losing one of your other younger defensemen. And I think even Mark understood that it didn't make sense. Um, he said that on the podcast. He said that to Broad Tree Living. He said, like, do what you need to do. And, you know, Tree Living tried to make it work, um, but they couldn't. Like, that's it's a really high price to pay um, for, for a defender who's going to be turning 38 years old um, this season. That being said, um, Gio's still a top pair player. Um, he's still a really, really good defenseman. He's a good leader. I think the Kraken are getting, like, for me – it was always a no-brainer. Like, I was not surprised that they lost Mark Giordano because why would the Kraken not take Mark Giordano? For everything that we said, that's a loss for the Flames. Like, that's now Seattle's gain. He's a great leader. He's a great defender. He's a, he's a good guy in the community, good guy in the room. Um, so Seattle's really adding that to the fold. But I guess the conversation in Calgary now is how do you replace that on the blue line and, and you don't you there's not like a one player that you can plug in to replace the the hard minutes that Mark Giordano played um you know tons of even strength tons of PK he quarterbacked the power play like he played really tough minutes for the Flames for a long time like this is a Norris Trophy winner when he was like 35 years old like this man is pretty old for defenders like standpoint um but he's still like one of the top like defensive defensemen um I, I mean I wouldn't call him a defensive defenseman I think he's more well-rounded than that but um he's still uh, you know rated as a number one defenseman by like our analytical models so um the Flames didn't really replace that in terms of the moves that they made. Like I think their blue line has really taken a step back this year. Um, with the loss of Geo, they brought in Nikita Zadorov. They've got some other young D, but they had a young blue line last year and it didn't work great for the Flames with Geo. <laughs> um, so I don't know what they're going to look like without him. I think their their forward group took a step forward with the additions they made, but their blue line looks, um, you know, definitely worse than last year. Um, and I would also say, you know, who's going to step in? The other narrative around this is like, who's the next captain of the Calgary Flames? And and for me, I think if you're the Flames, you don't name a captain right away. I think Geo was the obvious choice. Like when Aginla got traded to Pittsburgh, you know, Mark got the C like right away. The very next season, he was the captain. He was the most natural choice to take over for Jerome McGinley. And I think right now when you're looking at it, there isn't that obvious choice. Matthew Kachuk only has one year left on the bridge deal that he signed. And then he's a restricted free agent with Arbright's. And there's been these questions around, um, is he going to sign long-term? Is he going to just try to go play with his brother or try to play in St. Louis? Um, you know, we don't really know. So I think if the Flames can lock Matthew Kachuk in long term, um, he's the next captain. I think he's long been assumed to be the next captain of the Calgary Flames. But I think you want to make sure you know what the long term future of a player is before you slap the C on the jersey. Um, and you've got some other options, but there's just no one obvious that stands out and makes sense right now. So I think mm. the Flames... They have a ton of leaders in that locker room. You have Jacob Markstrom, you have Chris Tanev, you have Milan Lucic, you have Kachuk. 
Michael Backlund. Um, you've got guys who've taken on leadership roles, but I just don't think one of them stands out as the obvious captain. So I think, mm. you know, the blue line taking a step back and who's going to wear the C have been the two biggest conversations about um, losing Mark Giordano. Um, and so, you know, both of them kind of remain to be seen. Interesting. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what Gio is going to do with the Seattle Kraken, not just from a leadership perspective. And Allison Lucan talked a lot about that um, when we had her on last week on Goodreads. Um, but also just thinking about, I think, the Seattle Kraken on paper. I'm definitely an eye test person, so I'll be excited to see them when training mm -hmm. camp starts. But this team on paper for me looks pretty solid defensively. I am a little bit concerned yeah. when it comes to where the offense is going to come from, especially early on because Yanni Gord will be out mm -hmm. with injury. So I, I think it yeah. will be incumbent on players like Giordano to really get this young team in the right mindset, like everything that we were talking about for women's worlds. Um, but I want to go to the mm -hmm. Pacific division. So I'm looking at the bet online odds, the Vegas golden Knights right now, at least are at the top of the table, uh, followed by Edmonton, the Seattle Kraken, then the Calgary Flames. We go Vancouver, Los Angeles, San Jose, and Anaheim after that. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, everyone kind of talks about how weak the Pacific Division is. I think that um, <clears throat> Edmonton made some – I know everyone kind of likes to, to joke about some of the things they did, like overspending and like, oh, Cody, Cece. Um, but, like, I obviously think that – you know, Edmonton's a team that we can probably safely project to make the playoffs in the Pacific. I think um, Vegas is the only team that most people would say would probably win that division just because of what they've done. I am curious what's going to happen, though, um, if they do take a step back this year. I don't know if they will. Um, it's hard to know without – everything's just on paper right now, right? So it's hard right. to know, but I think that looking at – the Flames, I think the Flames should be the number three or four team, you know, in that division. Um, yeah, the Kraken's tough. Like, I agree with you. I think that they have really good D. Um, you've got Alexiak. You've got Adam Larson. Like, you're in a position where Mark Giordano might be on your second pair, um, depending on how they do their D pairings. And I think that shows the depth of the defenders that they have. Um, but, yeah, their forward group is... I think people were maybe expecting them to trade some of the defenders that they <laughs> drafted to get right. better forwards. So we'll see. Um, they've got pretty good goaltending too. Um, so I think that the Kraken could be in the mix. I don't know if that we're going to see like a Vegas style um, start for the Seattle Kraken. Um, but yeah, like I think the like what you ranked seems fairly accurate to me. I I think yeah, I think we're probably looking at like a Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle kind of top tier vibe because I don't think we really know what we have in these California teams either. Like San Jose is in such a tough spot. Like they've handcuffed them to so many like aging bad contracts yeah. who are really starting to regress. Like they they're stuck. They can't do anything. You're not moving those pieces with those contracts. Um, I think the Kings could like take a step forward. Um, I don't know if they're going to be like a playoff team next year, but I think they'll get there pretty quickly with some of the pieces that they added and we'll see what Quinton Byfield looks like next year. Um, Anaheim is, you know, I think they probably need more time too. So the California teams, 
are the only ones, you know, I think if we can say that they're in the bottom tier of that division and I don't, I think Seattle's a major question mark. Um, yeah, I think what you read sounds pretty good. Like I'm really bad at this kind of stuff because <laughs> like you, like I like to actually see these teams totally. before I start ranking them. Right. Like yep. this is all on paper. Like last year in the North division, a lot of people said that the flames were going to win the North. Like people were like the flames will be first or second. Like the old Toronto is going to be number one, but the flames will really push in that top tier. Cause looking at them on paper, they looked pretty good. Not good. No, didn't make the playoffs. Didn't work out. So I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, Who knows? I'm not saying anything until I see these teams, but exactly. I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but the Pacific will like, if we look at the Pacific division, it's an easier spot for a team like the flames or Seattle to push for a playoff spot more so yeah. than like the Atlantic or the Metro. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there, <laughs> which is kind of the opposite of what we see in another sport that we cover, which is basketball, right? Uh, you usually see everyone stacked mm -hmm. over in the Western Conference, but not so much mm -hmm. uh, in hockey. But uh, we'll have to circle yeah. the calendar, Haley, as uh, Geo his return to Calgary is, is mm -hmm. in December, right around the holidays. So, um, you know, um, we'll see how that goes. But Haley Salvian, thank you so much for your time. You gave us so much. We're going to break this up for fans and they're just going to get a double dose of Haley Salvian. Cause I was like, Nope, we're going, we're going long. We're going long. It's all good. We're stuff. just going to keep chatting. Yeah. We're going to keep chatting. I mean, it's been, it's been well over a year since we got to hang out in New York. So, mm -hmm. uh, it was good to catch up, but Haley, thank you so much mm -hmm. for joining us on locked on Kraken. I hope you remain safe as you are finishing out worlds and, uh, then hopefully you'll get a little bit of time off, uh, before gearing up for training camp, yeah. uh, come the end of September. <laughs> thank you. All right, folks, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Kraken. As always, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll have more things coming up for you on Goodreads Monday. And, of course, until next time we speak again, stay locked on Kraken. Hey, folks, did you know that betting on the National Hockey League doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and, of course, Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. 